I mean, 20 years ago, a little too old, too slow now. Besides, I got a dollar now, I don't have to be a roughneck, you see. Married, got a nice home. How do I get into these messes, anyhow? I don't know, but you do it so easily, dear. Have you looked out the window this morning? No, no, you know I can't stand the sight of daylight. Coffee. Pop brewing like a can down to when I get my day moving. Foresight is overcast, so I follow suit and tie with an overcoat and bowler hat. Another day, another dollar for the poor folks to be losing. We used to rhyme, but now it's like financial institution. My highs and lows like the graphs in the newsprint. Street poor pulling, villain. Now pushing the forward with the glass ceiling. Uncle Sam, God willing. Stress affliction, pill addiction. Working on the weekend, bugging. Trying to keep it on the fairway. Calling Mulligan. Welcome back to the Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's Art and Culture Podcast. We are here now for episode 20 with Danny Taro. Who is Danny Taro? I think he's one of the more important figures in the city. He is organizer, coordinator of events at the Gordon Best Theatre, the reason there is such great musical concerts there, comedy shows, other things, diva nights, uh, there's going to be slam poetry fests, a whole bunch of things, which we'll get into later. He's a musician himself, he's been under the name of Erroneous Monk, Erroneous Autumn, and his own name, Danny Taro. One of my favorite hits from 2021 was from him, Seventh Day. Says he's working on some new material, as you'll hear in this upcoming interview. That's that is really great to hear. And he's been involved with the Arthur newspaper for a few years. One of the editors of the Arthur newspaper. Behind Puzz Puzz Puzzles. He's a poet, an activist on his Twitch channel. He does not make any headways, make any uh, apologies, or holds anything back on his political views. I love that. And with this interview, it should be noted, I was kind of on Twitch for this. A bit out of place, but it was quite enjoyable. I didn't really quite get how it was different, in a sense, because it was just a standard Zoom format for us, but I was on Twitch. Anyway, that's something to rest right there. So this this podcast, Corner of Hunter and George, is available on Apple and Spotify. Anyway, enjoy this interview upcoming with Danny Taro. So, uh, yeah, how did you want to do this? Do you want to, like, talk a little bit and then start? Or should we just get right into it? Uh, yeah, we can, we can get right into it. I don't know. I just, uh, I you tell me if I'm misinterpreting um, this format you usually do, but it's usually meant as uh, you discussing things you really uh, have a lot of uh, emotional or and or intellectual investment in, and uh, it's kind of done in a kind of informal way. So I guess I thought I was going to follow that protocol. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the live streaming is like a much. Uh, it's a very informal way of of yeah. presenting stuff. I find so. Yeah, so I, I was going to follow that sort of thing. So just like, uh, just maybe bring up different discussion pieces, uh, similar to what I was kind of outlining for you. And then, yeah, just take it from there sort of thing. Um, I was okay. thinking of it in, uh, kind of a uh, two uh, 
two-part thing. And if we don't get to all of it today, that's, we can try the rest of it another time, but more like, uh, yeah, your, your views on certain things that have been happening locally, provincially, and in the country and um, perhaps even worldwide. And then also more of your, uh, what you've been doing personally with, uh, Gordon Best and your musical career. Yeah, sure. It sounds good. Um, okay. Before we get started, maybe though, uh, since we are like live on my show, which I know is mm-hmm. for yep. you, maybe you could just introduce uh, yourself and like why you and your the name of your podcast and like why you've been doing it. Um, okay. All right. Well, my name is uh, Tim Snodden. I'm a fairly recent resident to uh, Peterborough. Just uh, came here in the last couple of years. I. Um, I I got involved with Trent Radio right away, and I have a program on Saturdays at eight that uh, plays elect that plays local music. Try and play, uh, which I I found there to be a wealth of uh, material, and just even keeping up with what's coming out now. Never mind the past. And then I I guess I decided to uh, f- I, like I unsurprisingly found like a huge. Uh, a depth and wealth to our arts community. So I wanted to pursue that a bit more. So I started a podcast called Corner of Hunter and George uh, last October, October of 2021. And I've mainly had uh, local artists on as guests. Sometimes I've even gone outside of that, but everyone sort of has had a connection to Peterborough or at least been to Peterborough and things like that. And it's kind of meant to be kind of an interview format. So I've done... Yeah, I've, that's basically what I've done. I, sometimes I'm able to put out uh, one or two even a week, and sometimes it's more like uh, one or two a month. But uh, there's no regular kind of format to it yet, but maybe I'll get that on, uh, under control one day. Same here. I, I, yeah. I can pass with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, you, you do get a lot of diversions in the way sometimes, or sometimes getting, you know, getting – a guest on at a time that works for both of you and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. And in, in our case, actually we had scheduled this interview and then we got hit by a yeah. game. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. We've had that experience. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've had, had other things get in the way as well. So yes. So this has been a long time coming. So um, so I'm glad now that we've, we're finally able to connect now because yeah, when I'm thinking of what, uh, I was first wanting to discuss, well, this is something that happened. It's getting, well, it's three well, it's weeks, almost getting close to, it's pretty much almost a month ago now our provincial election, but, uh, but, uh, um, so, yeah, that's basic. Anyway, that's basically, hopefully that's a good enough introduction anyway for your audience of who I am. Yeah, that's a great introduction. And for myself yeah. as well, oh, I know like we are like Twitter mutuals. Yes. Great to, to get to know you a bit more as well. Yeah. Um, so I was just, um, just this morning, actually, when I was... Uh, out on my run, I was listening to this. I often listen to these podcasts when I'm out running. And uh, I was listening to uh, Jesse Brown's Canada Land. And he was having somebody on talking about this uh, Patrick Brown fiasco with the conservative leadership. 
And I just uh, found this kind of interesting kind of uh, conflict. Like there's somebody like uh, Patrick Bla uh, Brown is accused of doing some kind of fraudulent activity, like some kind of corporate fund, like funding that he was giving to somebody working for his campaign. Um, but then him claiming that Pierre Polyev is behind this and the conservatives just want to do uh, get rid of them. Uh, and then, you know, it's kind of hard, I think, for a lot of people to pick up of who to believe with that, because both sides of that are kind of uh, is kind of put trust behind either of those sides, either the Conservative Party and how they run their leadership campaigns. And also Patrick Brown himself, who's been accused of a lot of things in the past, but also this kind of also um, contradiction they have of like putting their throwing their support behind someone like Pierre Polyev or someone like Patrick Brown, who maybe should not be a poster boy for some sort of conservative moderation, but he's kind of wanting like to reach out to various communities like in Brampton and also beyond in the GTA and like not, not be so big on social conservatism and things like that. So I just want, I don't, I don't know if you've thought of that topic before, but I've just, uh, let's get a little more recent anyway than what the other ones I was thinking of. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's the conservatives. I'll, mm. I don't have a, a pony in the race, so to speak. Obviously it would be better for, I think Canada to have someone who's like not a social conservative. Um, and I think Pierre Polyev is like a legitimate threat to, to the democratic institutions of Canada. Um, he's kind of doing the whole Trump playbook in order to rise to power, which is in itself terrifying, kind of appealing to that far right base. Um, he could be someone who is like an, an anomaly. Like I think normally the conservatives have tried running to the right internally for their own politics and then in order to win a federal election, they realize they have to rush towards the center. I think Pierre Polyev might be like an, an anomaly in that sense where he actually does pose a legitimate threat, uh, even though he's running to the far right of, uh, of dethroning Justin Trudeau and the liberals. Um, Patrick Brown, I haven't really been following the, uh, the race to, to, uh, closely uh, as of as of lately, but I think you know it is it is kind of a bit bizarre that they they ousted Patrick Brown because um, he didn't seem like he posed a legitimate threat to P Pierre Poilievre anyways. So it is an odd moment that they they chose to oust him. Um, but I don't know what the conservatives are saying is that there was something that they just didn't want to have to deal with in, in terms of having Brown bringing a controversy to their, to their electoral race. One interesting thing that I did see uh, and a, an opinion I do agree with is that Elections Canada should be involved with uh, running the, the elections internally for parties because there's really no way to determine um, whether these elections are being run fairly or if the, the top brass within the parties, any party, the Conservatives, Liberals, NDP, Greens, whoever is, is doing a legitimate, fair job of, of conducting their own elections. So obviously that's something that can like 
greatly impact uh, Canadians as a whole. For example, if in this case, um, they've ousted Patrick Brown in order to prop up Pierre Poiliev and almost guarantee a victory, that has a huge impact on like all, all of Canada. All, all Canadians, right? So Elections Canada, I think, should have some oversight there um, for not just the Conservatives, but for all the parties. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think uh, not just the Conservative Party, but then I think records would show them more than anyone else. There's been these cases of the past of them, you know, one candidate claiming he's got 300 pe- 300,000 people signed up. I think that's what Paulie was saying earlier, but there's been past records that have shown of candidates doing that, where they give it out to various like uh, churches and the churches pass them out and things like that. Uh, it's kind of like just these suspicious numbers of what they say of who's like behind them and who's supporting them. And the whole point of that is to say, well, if I have this many supporters, then, you know, the race is done. You're, you have no chance against me kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it, there's, there's a lot of like weird stuff that goes around, goes on around uh, internal party politics. And I mean, recently we even talked to someone who was kind of not allowed to run as a candidate for the NDP, uh, a young a young person named Sam Kaplan, mm. who just basically, they just denied his uh, application, even though the entire riding association was on board and wanted him to be the candidate in the recent election. And uh you know, there's a lot of like transparency that uh, that just doesn't go down in uh, part- partisan politics. So I think we always want to see once these people are elected, uh, we want to see a lot of transparency. But the 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 process that gets them to be even the candidate, there's a lot of transparency missing. So definitely something that I think the NDP or, or at least NDP supporters or maybe people who have been kind of uh, disaffected by current events um, are are definitely working towards. So I'm at least happy to see that there is a small faction of people within the NDP working towards more transparency. It's really what we need, like in order to earn the trust of those like grassroots supporters, right? So I can't speak to the Conservative Party as much because I, I I don't I don't care as much i just oppose i oppose them all at the end of the day right well that maybe turns it then to uh the ndp itself which i know you have a lot more to say about both provincially and federally um i mean we just had a provincial election where yes they they they're definitely a better state seat wise than the liberals but they took a lot of beatings uh then i think that actually their vote count was about the same as the liberals and um yeah this alliance with singh and trudeau i don't know what really what that's done for the party as a whole and just kind of a lot of yeah i the story you're just telling about the one candidate who tried to run for the ndp i don't think that's an anomaly i've heard that come up with other people and various situations around the province and around the uh, country. So I guess I, I, as someone who wants there to be a thriving left-wing party, uh, what, what is, what are your current views or what is your, uh, what, how, how do you view the current situation of the NDP? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I should say that, like, I'm not really like an expert or even an insider in a lot of these situations, just so that your audience knows that these are kind of the opinions of a. Yes, this is opinion only. We're not, we're not doing any scientific research. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, So, you know, uh, that problem of kind of like not really being so organized and, and, even locally, uh, we elected our candidate, Jen Deck. Sorry, I say we, but I'm actually, I'm not really a member of the NDP. Mm-hmm. I just mean as in uh, the Peterborough population, you know, our, our mm-hmm. NDP candidate here was elected uh, kind of late. Um, there was only about a month runway up to the, up to the election for, for Jen Deck. Um, I think Jen Deck was an excellent candidate, but because they kind of entered the race late, they faced a lot of criticism, um, which is really not, I think, the the fault of the candidate, but more so the fault of the party and the infrastructure of the NDP. Um, it and it also, I think, it affected her her candidacy. candidacy. It made her seem I think unprepared a lot of people use that line a lot of maybe liberals use that line that they elected a candidate late and therefore they it showed that they were disorganized and I mean rightfully so that is a Mm. that is a criticism and and the NDP needs to take that criticism and it wasn't just Peterborough it was a lot of writings where they literally just waited till the last minute um and and elected someone partly I think they do that because they can by waiting so long, they can uh, subvert some of the democratic process uh, in of uh, electing those candidates, which is disappointing. Um, there's something about waiting until after the rate is dropped or something. I don't really know how it works, but they they can essentially uh, fast track somebody to being the candidate. Um, so you know, there is a bit of a suspicion there. Uh, again, I I got the I had the pleasure of interviewing some of the candidates, including Jendak and Robert Gibson of the Green Party, um, which uh, is something that I really enjoyed doing on my channel. Was kind of covering politics, and as a lefty, um, I was I was really lucky to have those conversations with them because I think I am more radical in terms of my activism than the average politician, uh, even if they're a left, left-leaning politician. So I think I was kind of lucky too, because I'm new to the scene and nobody really knows what my politics are. And so they kind of like took a risk on me and I, and I really appreciate them for doing that. Um, in terms of building a larger left-leaning movement in Canada, uh, to be honest, right now, I think it is a bit in shambles. It's, uh, we're seeing the rise of the far right. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the left is kind of failing to organize in any legitimate sense. Um, it, it, is, uh, it is a constant problem and pretty much like a meme at this point that, you know, left, leftist infighting essentially stagnates any process that we are able to make. So... They say like the natural, you know, leftists, the right is the enemy of the left and uh, the other natural enemy of the left is the left itself. <laughs> so, um, 
It, yeah. It's really difficult. Honestly, I, I, I don't know what needs to happen. I think a lot of people are, are seeing a pathway to potentially reforming the NDP, at least here in Ontario. Um, the NDP has made a lot of strides in re- recent history uh, to just be, be basically be like uh, another another liberal party. Um, for myself, I, I joined the NDP. I gave them $5 to sign up as a member. Um, and then like a week later um, in British Columbia, they, they occupied unceded Wet'suwet'en territory with police uh, to protect the coastal gas link pipeline, um, which really just seemed like a, that was a kind of a moment where a lot of NDP supporters uh, you know, that was the moment to kind of walk out on the party because if that is what an NDP party, provincial uh, party is capable of doing in British Columbia, um, then how is that really any different than what we're seeing in a conservative government here in Ontario, right? So it was kind of like a step back moment for a lot of left-leaning people and saying, well, if they are going to support uh you know, things like deforestation and the oil industry and, you know, stomp all over the, the rights of First Nations people, um, then what is really the point of supporting a so-called left-leaning party if they're going to do stuff like that? Right. Uh, so, in, yeah, in the wake of that, just like, you know, a lot of lefties kind of leaving uh, the NDP or at least stepping away in, in hopes of coming back and re- reforming them so that we can actually build a, a left-leaning movement. Right. And yeah, my, I, I noticed uh, what you're saying about uh, your frustrations with the NDP when I, I think I was viewing on Twitter a little while ago um, about this kind of uh, accusations that uh, if not you, at least people that, uh, you felt aligned to or getting from the uh, liberals about like how, you know, you should be uniting and just voting for the liberals or Greg Dempsey in this case in our provincial election. And th- that's definitely one conflict right there where we, this, uh, it's a bit like the democratic party in the U S is kind of centrist versus left left wing kind of conflict, you know, like, right. uh, yeah, which I, I, yeah, I just think you were experiencing that. I mean, I don't, I don't read it too long because I find it's, it's starting to fry my brain after a bit, these, uh, petty accusations oh, yeah. that some people get, but yeah. I mean, my brains were completely fried after the election and that yeah. was just, you know, I don't, the live stream I'm doing for fun and I got to interview some political candidates. Um, but really just like, I was exhausted after the election. Okay. I burnt out and, you know, not getting paid for really like anything. But, um, uh, you know, the thing is, I do identify as a socialist, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of people, that word still strikes a, a lot of fear into, into people. And it's really just, uh, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be such a scary word. I think what scares people about it is a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, propaganda in in the lifetime of our our parents and now even as as younger a younger generation that communism is uh the whole red scare tactics is is something that we need to be terrified of um and even for myself who went to go try to meet jagmeet singh outside of the ndp uh office in peterborough 
during the election, you know, there were people out there calling Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh uh, communists. And, and uh, that was, that is kind of concerning because I think, I feel like people really just don't have an understanding of, of what uh, socialism or communism or capitalism, or even like the actual definitions of like liberal or conservative or, or fascism really mean. And so everyone is kind of just like hurling these accusations. And meanwhile, there's really no party that is saying like, Hey, we are the, we are the party of socialism, right? The NDP never once puts their label, the label of socialism on their advocacy. Right. So there's actually no kind of like baseline for people to be like, Oh, okay. Well maybe socialism is just like, something that is empowering working class people uh, by giving them uh, universal pharmacare, you know, like maybe that, that doesn't seem like such an outlandish or a scary goal. Um, but meanwhile, people are calling neoliberalism, like, you know, Justin Trudeau, Pierre Polyev, Jagmeet Singh, they are all kind of like dabbling in this idea of neoliberalism where you are in the pockets of corporations on one side, but you support, uh, you virtue signal some sort of like human humanist uh, aspect on the other side um, while creating no substantial change. So all of these kind of like uh, definitions are kind of like conflated and and it's hard to really find your identity as uh, a young person, I think, who is, is left-leaning because there's no, there's no socialist, greater socialist movement to say like, hey, I'm a, hey, I'm a part of this greater movement and like these are the things that we believe in. So a lot of us are kind of like walking through the dark um, or connect, we've, we've managed to connect to each other online through like Twitter or social media or Twitch. There seems to be a lot of uh, left-leaning people presenting stuff there. Um, and, you know, and, and I guess part of my hope, part of the goal of my channel was to like actually convince people who are either liberals or conservatives or even far right people that like, you know what, the actual thing that we need to be advocating for and, and promoting is this idea of uh, socialism. So. Okay. Well, that's definitely a commendable goal. Um, yeah. I, I would just lastly, I'll say politically, it's like, uh, I mean, I don't think we have to go too far. It's a matter of a few blocks, perhaps, from where you are to see like examples of a of a far right uh, in our own community, as the incident you're talking about. And, you know, if I in these, it's been proven historically in these times of kind of like uh, economic strife for People are being priced out of their homes and things like that. Uh, uh, sadly, the, the the national flag gets literally bigger, and you see a lot more of them. And they had come out with these, uh, yeah, incident incidents such as what you were talking about, Jagmeet Singh. Um, now is now, like I was saying, it's a commendable goal you have for this uh, channel. Was it like that, like, say, before COVID, or were you a little more, obviously, you weren't doing the channel then, but, like, just individually, were you a little more centered on your own career then, like, pre, pre-2020? pre Yeah, sure, you know, like, I, 
I kind of had my political like awakening maybe like later in life, probably um, like I'm 33 now. So probably mm-hmm. around being uh, 30 years old, maybe 29, 30 years old. Um, I was living in Thailand for about five years where I met my partner. And prior to that, I was uh, Peterborough based as well. So I had al- always been like a community organizer and, uh, and uh, art, art as activism kind of organizer a community builder, um, I like to think. Um, but I I didn't always maybe have like the the political knowledge in order to in order to kind of reinforce like why why we're building a community and like the actual value of building a community. Um, I, uh, and I guess part of my political awakening, to be honest, is through like the, the medium that I'm also creating through like live streaming through uh, what is called the bread tube, um, which is kind of like a uh, left leaning uh, video media. Mm. Um, it's called bread tube because of, because, you know, working class people eat bread, like let them, eat, let them eat bread, you know, or let them eat cake. But then, uh, working class people all they can afford is bread so for some reason that name has has stuck bread tube so you know i i i went through a lot of different uh people that i followed i used to watch the young turks when i was in university okay Um, you can kind of describe them as uh i don't know they were probably like more left-leaning than like uh, cnn they were kind of like the almost like the mainstream media of youtube at the time um, and they they were someone who was kind of like growing uh, more progressive uh, political coverage based in based in the U.S. mostly. Now, uh, from from that stemmed a lot of different content creators, some of which ended up going to the far right, and some of which I I, I still really respect to this day, like Anna Kasparian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, they kind of like, apparently they kind of like knew the algorithm and how to game the YouTube algorithm in order to, in order to get more views. So they became kind of like central to this, this, uh, progressive, um, media, independent media. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm there, I just like, I, I would find new creators and, and, uh, born out of that is also like uh, someone named Hassan Piker, um who just like became who is uh the nephew of uh jank uger one of the founders of tyt and he became one of the biggest twitch streamers um and is also just like someone who is advocating uh on a on a very large scale and and to a lot of young people about more left-leaning ideas um you know i and and i'm i don't stand concretely by really like any of these people and it's good to hold people skeptical, but I'm just trying to maybe document a bit of the, uh, the way that I think people fall into more left-leaning media. And, you know, I really liked some other creators like Kyle Kalinsky and in Canada, there's some, but I mean, I've since like uh, maybe even gone more left than him. A lot of people, they, their political trajectory changes. They end up becoming more liberal or maybe more, more radical, but I, but in terms of Canadian creators, uh, there are some really good ones. I think like, uh, Lance of the surfs, uh, who is based on the West coast. 
And I really like David Dole, who is just more of like a, a newscaster who's based, I believe, in like Toronto. So I thought I would uh, try to try to be someone who can who can also organize a community based around the the political principles that I've developed over the years. And to be honest, for me, it's a, it's a really big like learning experience as well. Um, when I, I was a teacher in Thailand, and I learned that you know, you can, you can learn a lot from presenting information and it's kind of like my style of learning as well is to, is to be able to talk about stuff with people and try to present information. And you know what, sometimes I I'm wrong and, and, and that that's all part of the learning process. So in the six months that I've been doing this, I feel like I've learned a lot about my own political identity and also even some more, uh, formal academic understanding of of some ideas so that's really great okay well that's that's great to hear yeah i could say sort of a similar thing i guess to how my podcast has certainly taught me a lot about uh peterborough's uh arts community and the community as a whole as well so even though i've lived other places much longer than this i just i I already feel like i have maybe a greater knowledge of peterborough than anywhere else i've been um but uh well that's good to hear it's always good to hear these positive uh social media experiences um now one i guess in a positive note one thing i sort of obviously see coming back that has come back already sort of this spring and this summer is kind of live music and definitely a lot of that's coming out of uh gordon best i I, i'm taking you've been busy with that lately yeah you know gordon best is uh has always kind of been a part of my peterborough existence um my first week here as a trans student back in i believe 2007 uh there was a hip-hop show happening at the gordon best theater and it was the first venue i went to in Peterborough. It's really the first place I ever went out to in the, in the city of Peterborough. I had been maybe to the on-campus bars. Um, and my friend, someone who would later become my friend in life, DJ Who, um, had organized a hip-hop show there. And there was uh, these two rappers from Toronto, I remember, Two Left. Oddly enough, the name of their band was mm. Two Left. I don't know if they're oh. actually lefties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, but that was the name. I, again, but that's probably like before my political awakening, you know? So maybe I wasn't as conscious of it then. Um, and then, I, and then as, I, as I moved into the city after moving from re- residence in Trent, I, I, I would organize shows at the Gordon Best and... Uh, Eventually, my good friend Mick would actually become my roommate, and his family uh, owns the Only Cafe and the Gordon Best Theater, which are in the same building. Um, And when I was looking for a job coming back from Thailand, uh, my friend Mick said, hey, why don't you just come back and start booking shows at the Gordon Best? Um, And that was that was kind of the reason that my partner and I we ended up choosing to move back to Peterborough instead of in the GTA where my family is from, um, because I knew that at the very least I would have uh, some work that I find quite fulfilling here. So yeah, we've we've booked uh, so many different types of shows. I'm really open open to booking uh, anything and everything. Um, this space uh, has 
you know, an, an interesting reputation. It's a beautiful space. Um, it has not always served, I think, the community as effectively as it can, uh, partly because, um, you know, there were, there were other options for the community, such as the spill and the twisted wheel um, that are perhaps a bit more accessible and, and not as, as large as the, as the Gordon Best. So, and then also if you have a, a super large concert, there are other places like the Red Dog who, who have a larger venue capacity than the Gordon Best. So we are kind of that uh, middle of the, middle of the uh, size. <laughs> we are kind of like a medium sized venue, um, which can be a challenge in and of itself. Um, also, we there is like uh, Jethro's has now opened on on Hunter Street and has been doing a lot of a lot of events. So it is really exciting to kind of like see all of these events returning to to Peterborough. Um, right. Something right. Yeah, we do, we do just about everything at the Gordon Best. Recently, we've had like a flamenco band just this past Friday play a flamenco trio, um, which was kind of just like a world class musical experience um we've had a magic show and an an illusionist come and play recently uh we have local bands we have touring bands um and really it it, we have we have drag shows um we have hip-hop shows it's really a magical space because it feels like you can do any type of show any type of genre um at at that venue we're even doing a play um in the near future in august um which will be the lord of the the lord of the flies set to the music of pink floyd the wall oh wow okay i didn't know i don't know about that so yeah it's really like kind of like my passion and my skill i think at its foundation if i were to boil it down is someone who is a, a community organizer um so what i love about the gordon best is that i kind of do get to appear into every type of community we have in peterborough whether that's the edm electronic dance music scene um or the hip-hop scene or really uh you know anyone and and it's a it's a really important uh aspect of our community and we, we try our best to do it as safely as possible uh, during COVID. Obviously, COVID itself presents a lot of challenges. So, um, but I think yeah. it, it really is important for people to feel connected and to have art and music as part of their life, especially here in Peterborough. Right. Well, I think one thing you've definitely uh, done is, like you said, you have great diversity to your acts at Gordon Best, but you've definitely provided a venue for the hip hop community. Um, So, and uh, I guess I was wondering your your views on like uh, the local hip hop scene right now, not necessarily people who played at Gordon Best, but I think you have a sort of an an awareness and knowledge of uh, like people you've uh, either had at Gordon Best or people you've been in contact with and such. Yeah, sure. I mean, I honestly, uh, we we have had a, a couple of hip hop shows at the Gordon Bass Theater. We have another one coming up, I think at the end of August. Um, 
which is uh, kind of like a eclectic, like hip hop, R and B, and and DJ night. Um, yeah, uh, the hip hop scene in Peterborough, it's definitely is something. I think we need a good hip hop DJ here to really have it take off. Um, and I am also hoping to kind of reactivate myself as an artist. Um, because I have spent a lot of time working in like media and being a bit more behind the scenes, but this live stream whole live stream thing was kind of like something where I could put myself as the center of attention, which over the years I've kind of learned that I do prefer to be a bit behind the scenes um, and, and, and help platform other people. Thank you. 
oh yeah you know and like uh i am hoping to like reactivate myself as a hip-hop artist and maybe combine it with like the live streaming mm-hmm. right. um you know i um uh, it's been hard for me to like i i, I wear a lot of hats and you know, when, when you are an artist, it is something that you tend to like want to take really seriously, especially presenting your own art. Um, so um, I was actually finally able to do a bit of writing the other day. Uh, a great hip hop artist in town, Garbage Face, mm-hmm. um, had sent me some some beats uh, quite, quite, a, quite a long time ago, actually. Um, and due to some different complications i've been like a unable to uh get around to writing to them but i think i finally made some progress over the weekend and uh you know i have a couple songs on the go that i would i would love to re- release soon so okay yeah uh like one of your past songs i really liked i think it was one of my favorites i think for the year it was released on my radio show uh, seventh day it was a 2020 or 2021. Uh, yeah, I was just sort of wondering when you were gonna uh, gonna return yourself. So that's that's good to hear. And just back to Gordon Best, um, you know, you were kind of downplaying it as just being like a you know a mid to smaller venue. Well, I don't think I need to convince you that Peterborough these days needs any venue it can grasp hold of. With like the Garnet recently. Uh, closing down and other ones in the recent past as well and as well like not i have anything against it and i'm really glad to see a place like jethro's uh coming up as well but peterborough uh one side of peterborough's music culture and past definitely has kind of a country-ish folkish kind of bluegrass kind of past but i think there is i think you're trying to what you're importantly doing is reaching out to kind of another side of our musical culture, which is hip hop, electronic, other, other types of genres that aren't really thought of, I think uh, traditionally as being part of Peterborough, but I think for Peterborough of 2022, they are. Um, so that's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've never been to Jethro's, but I mean, I, I, I support them. I support mm-hmm. like any, I think is trying mm-hmm. to make art and music happen in our community they do seem like a place that uh, is kind of doing what you might typically think of Peterborough for in terms of music, like a lot of folk music, country music, maybe some rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? That's like the baseline of what Peterborough kind of is in terms of the musical scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, there's there's kind of like, until Jethro's, there was kind of nowhere for uh, that music to even go. Right. And, and you think that has to be kind of shocking um, that what people would consider the base, the baseline of Peterborough music um, that doesn't even really have like a home venue. And, and, and I'm happy it does now. Uh, it, Jethro's is serving an important kind of uh, essential niche for, for musicians to, to develop locally and re- even in the province or touring from other places in Canada. Um, yeah. And yeah. And Gordon best is uh, certainly all of those bands could also play at the Gordon best. Um, and I'm sure many of them will play at both. Uh, but it's also a place where you can have like an electronic music show. 
you can't have a drag show, you can't have a hip hop show. And those kind of like alternative forms of, of music and art and culture are, are really like just as important um, as that kind of uh, what you might typically consider like Peterborough, Peterborough music. Right. So that is something that has kept me in Peterborough all of these years. I mean, I did leave for quite a while, but I'm, I've returned is uh, that sense of community. And for me, it's always been what seems to be a kind of like counterculture alternative community. So um, I would encourage anyone who is like interested in those uh, alternative kind of art forms or, or, or communities uh, to, to really like check out the, the Gordon best theater you can see the events. I try to update them as much as possible on the website uh, that I also uh, designed. Uh, it's bestptbo.com. So B-E-S-T-P-T-B-O.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, we try to do everything. Um, there is sometimes, I, and, I, and I try to treat each show like a unique uh, situation you know uh sometimes it, different shows i try to make everything happen one way or another and sometimes that is finding sponsors in the community or um catering to uh audiences that are maybe just like struggling and trying to get on their their feet so i really just want to be like a champion of of culture and if people want to do it, I think kind of in the spirit of the spill um, is, a, is a legacy I try to think about a lot is, uh, is uh, if people want something to happen, then, then like, let's make it happen, you know? Okay. Yes, definitely. And I, I would just add that both uh, Gordon Best and The Only make a perfect uh, partnership and venue for our counterculture community in Peterborough, as you put it. Um, sure. And- you know, I I will say we've had actually oddly enough we've had like a kind of like drama arc as part oh. of the Twitch channel when when Jethro's first came out, and I was defending Jethro's from people who said that is gentrification and and stuff like this. But my conclusion from all of that, because the only and the Gordon Best and the Spill and every venue. Uh, undergoes, of course, some sort of community criticism. And I'm sure there might even be people listening to this now who will will say, oh my God, like, oh, the only, I don't like that place for whatever reason, right? But um, the truth be told, and what I've learned from maybe just a bit of conflict is that any venue, any bar is only as good as the community uh, that that creates it, you know? Uh, I think there is maybe a tendency to focus on the owners of a space, but the the owners only play a small role in creating the community of, of uh, a venue. So uh, yeah, like, and like I said, even if you're hesitant or you've had a bad experience at the Gordon best before, like, you know, give it a shot, go to an event that maybe you think is interesting or maybe uh, the, where there's a potential for you to like find community, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's all I'll say is that the people make up the community and 
the community defines what a bar or a venue really is. So, right. And we're too small community for different venues who, you know, all it's, it's not a business that, uh, that, uh, has tons of profit coming out. Uh, like we're too small community for people to be having these different factions against each other. I'd even add like black horse, like, um, maybe not all their acts are ones I would go to, but like we've had people like, uh, someone I interviewed recently, Anna Smirk coming all the way from Australia, who's playing there. And she was uh, a few weeks later playing at the horseshoe at North by Northeast in Toronto. So, okay. So, um, and I mean, I, something I just try to do is to make sure that if people are touring through Peterborough, that the Gordon best is a venue that they can play. Right. And we did have the other day, uh, Lara Wong, who is a flamenco flute player, um, who's now based in Madrid, Spain. Um, and yeah, they were going on to play a festival the next day. And we were, we were really lucky to have them stop at the Gordon Best Theater. Um, so it's part of it too, is just like making connections with other artists, uh, all around the world. And it, and it's a beautiful thing if you can, if you can help them have a, have a pit stop in Peterborough, you know? Right. And what, uh, what other uh, shows do you have upcoming this summer that uh, you may want to say a word or two about? Upcoming. Uh, oh, geez. I really should uh, be more prepared for this. <laughs> um, let me go to our website, bestpitsbo.com. You know, um, oh, we have setting. I'm not sure when this, uh, which I really need to, to update actually, by the time this podcast drops, I'll have updated it so that mm-hmm. there's a bit more content on there. But, uh, do you know when it's going to release actually? Uh, when, oh, uh, I'll try to, in the next few days, I have another interview yeah. tomorrow and I guess I'll try to get it both in like a Wednesday, to, let's say a Wednesday to Friday kind of time venue i'll try and get it done by sure amazing um you know and um we have a show coming up on this saturday july 16th it's hosted by uh one of the most famous drag queens in peterborough sahira q it is actually a masquerade Mm -hmm. so the theme of the show is that you'll wear a mask um and we also encourage you to wear like a COVID mask uh, to protect yourself and each other as well. But it's like, uh, it's kind of like a traditional masquerade. Um, and there's going to be some drag performances as well as uh, a DJ. DJ Aw Yeah is going to play music throughout the, mu- the night. And uh, Sahira Q is going to perform in addition to Betty Baker, Madeline and Violet Seductions. I believe uh, there's going to be also prizes for the best mask, the the best dressed, the worst mask, and and more. So that's really exciting. Um, on July 21st, which I believe is a Thursday, we have a, a touring band from Vancouver coming, Apollo Ghosts, mm-hmm. playing with some local acts, including Martian Broadcloak. We always try to match up, of course, pretty standard some some touring acts with some local bands. Um, Mm -hmm. Also upcoming at the, actually at the end of every month, I should have mentioned this earlier. We have a comedy show 
uh, put on by Cluster Fork Entertainment. So it's actually an improv comedy on the final Friday of every month. Um, it's it's actually the same people who used to do it years and years ago, hosted by Linda Cash, um, who is most famously the Philadelphia cream cheese lady of of old. Um, and it's a, it's just like a fantastic little event. Um, and you, there's a, there's a 100% certainty that you're going to go to a show like that and laugh. It's actually an event called Impros versus Joes. So the idea is that professional comedians, uh, including Linda Cash and some other people from Second City, often they have people come out from Toronto, um, kind of face off in these improv games versus uh, aspiring improv comedians. So it's, it's really fun. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, yeah, Lord of the Flies. Oh, sorry. On the first Friday of every month, we also have an EDM party, which is the, uh, the, the after party for the um, first Friday art crawl, um, which is a kind of more outrageous electronic dance music dance party. Mm-hmm. And on, the, on August 6th, we have that Lord of the Flies uh, play that is set to the tune of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. We have some bands coming through on August 19th, Among Legends and Kingfisher. Uh, we have Killer BD, who is a, a, a singer who's organized a, a fantastic hip hop show on the 27th of August. Um, and they're doing their album release party. So that's really exciting. Killer BD is a kind of a new artist uh, that I've never heard of. So I'm really excited for them to, to present their, their album. Um, going into, you know, September, we got more, more local stuff happening, maybe from Aiden Shaughnessy, uh, someone who you might see on Hunter street, more hip hop from someone called van, the man, uh, more comedy, more local bands. And we are hoping to have uh, some more drag shows as well in September. Um, but I uh, haven't locked them down yet. We also have B.A. Johnson coming on October 14th to do uh, a show at the Gordon Best. So um, okay. October 1st, we also have a Latin Express, which is a Latin dance class and dance party. So if you are interested in doing any Latin dancing, please uh, mark your calendar for October 1st. So as you, as you can see, there's just a lot going on and a lot of like diversity. Um, nice. like said trying to facilitate different communities so that we can uh so that those communities have a space to to grow and and uh develop their own communities right here here in peterborough so okay and yeah i personally i kind of uh do hope to attend uh, that Apollo Ghost show, and now that you've mentioned it, this Lord of the Flies, Dark Side of the Moon thing seems quite compelling. So yeah, but yeah, uh, that's all a- too. Yes. Um, now, just back to you personally. So you earlier you were saying um, you've you've gotten these, you've just started to work on these uh, beats that you got from Garbage Face a while ago. So are you planning on like having any material of your of your own released and like this up this year, 2021. Yeah. I mean, I would, I I hope to at least finish a couple songs before the summer is over. Mm -hmm. Something I'm kind of like want to do right now is just 
develop the process of completing a, a song and releasing it just as a single. You know, I find that uh, for me personally, um, releasing bigger projects like uh, albums and stuff is, is uh, I find that it just takes me too long. So I really just want to like get stuff out there. Um, I'm hoping to release maybe a song with garbage face. He, he hasn't, right. he doesn't know about any of this. Okay. Uh, so I, I should probably check in with him before I say anything. I, I haven't told him that I started writing to his music again, but um, you know, he said I could use some beats. Um, and he, he actually helped me record seventh day. Um, the, the beat for seventh day is a uh, something done by my friend Yuki uh, who I met when I was living in uh, Bangkok. He's a Japanese mm-hmm. hip hop producer. So, oh, and uh, yeah, someone in chat, Sunnyside, is uh, reminding me that I have a open or I have a poetry slam uh, uh, showing in uh, September. So mm-hmm. in September, I forget the exact date now, um, but we're they're going to return to doing poetry slams in Peterborough. The first one is going to be outside. Um, so it's going to be behind Peterborough square. Um, I think just to keep everything safe for COVID, it sounds like by then COVID might be uh, pretty, pretty high on everyone's radar again. Um, and so, you know, I, I do have some, some poems I need to, I need to get writing. Um, and and rehearsing so i'm really excited for for that as well let me find the date for you it is um oh it's going to be part of i think arts week so mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure if there's an exact date yet but it's going to be between september 23rd and october 3rd uh so okay i'm, I'm really excited you know there's there's a lot I'm lucky because I also have Twitch. So if I need to ever get something off my chest, uh, I can just fire up the stream and go on a unhinged rant. But uh, um, music and poetry to me has always been a big part of, um, you know, uh, my ability to kind of like process the world and, and deal with maybe some of the, the anger and emotions that I, that I have towards, uh, the world, you know. The so world in general, yes, yes. The world in general, yeah. Yes. We all. It's, uh, it's not. It's not always a pretty place, but no, I feel like not. you know, stuff like art. Art is like a way that we can help transcend transcend that frustration. And I think part of organizing as a as a political activist, you know, and and because I got my start being a arts organizer is that, you know, there has to be room for, for joy and, and, uh, and art and creativity and expression. So just, I just love uh, helping facilitate that. And I hope to become more active as, like I said, as a, as an artist myself um, in, uh, in the fall really is kind of, I think, I hope going to be a push for me. Right. Um, well, I definitely am going to include be- your site, Best Peterborough, uh, on my show notes. So if we're missing anything or if something changes, uh, the, um, my listeners can have access to that. Um, now, just one final thing. I, I don't feel I'm doing you justice if I don't mention, yes, um, 
your Thailand experience. And I guess for two countries that have um, very different histories, um, I'm just wondering if you feel from your experience there and now being back in Peterborough for a while now, uh, is, do you feel any sort of what you, I, I'm sure there's many differences you can point out, but do you feel any sort of what I sort of feel the world is coming to this kind of, uh, kind of bland corporate global sameness? Do you feel like there's any validity from what you experienced in Thailand to what you experience now that kind of sadly there's, uh, sort of a bit of a sameness there. A sameness in what sense? Just like culturally? Uh, just, yeah, not, maybe not culturally so much, but uh, kind of, um, well, maybe somewhat culturally, but I mean more like uh, just, you know, uh, kind of, uh, kind of a corporate hegemony, kind of like a, like a sort of a, different kind of like, you know, a McDonald's subway sort of everywhere sort of thing. I mean, yeah, of course that's a, yeah, there's definitely a problem the world over. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was really lucky to like, you know, connect with a lot of students when I was uh, working as a teacher in Thailand and it's a completely, it's really a completely different situation. Thailand is a military dictatorship you know, you can't uh, criticize the royal family there. Um, there's There has been civil unrest there recently. COVID hit them really hard. They're a tourist country, you know, um, and there's a, there's a lot more discrepancy between the, the rich and the poor in Thailand. I, in fact, I think the worst in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though they are a military dictatorship, of course, there is a, there's a, idea there's a lot of corporate influence um you know there's of course it's still uh trends towards capitalism um and and materialism um and yeah i mean part of the reason we came back to canada was so that i could be more active uh as a political advocate you know i as a as a foreigner in thailand someone who was not fluent in the language and and can really only say so much about the government there mm-hmm. um you know i i i did feel like there was like a part of my life that was kind of like that was kind of missing um and you know my my real goal as uh, someone my real activism as someone in thailand was to teach my students um about their and trying to trying to in a way like radicalize my students, you know, I I, I would show them this movie, uh, Teenager versus Superpower, which mm. is a Netflix movie about Joshua Wong, uh, somewhat uh, a Hong Kongese uh, student, basically in starting this entire uh, democracy movement in uh in hong kong when uh they were taken back over by china so they they could draw a lot of parallels from something like that and being like oh wow this is not so different than my situation where there's a where there is a essentially an authoritarian regime um dictating pretty much all the aspects of my life and and there's like not really there's not uh there's no democracy in thailand so 
by just simply like giving them an example like that, that's something that they can kind of like uh, relate to their own lives. And, you know, that, that was, that was part of my activism there. I was, uh, music was also part of my life there. I had mm-hmm. a band called peanut butter jams uh, where um, I made some really great friends and we filmed a music video in Japan when we were traveling there. And uh, you know, we'd, meet every week in a jam space and just practice and have fun. So I, I do miss the routine of kind of having uh, musical comrades to, to uh, practice with together every week. Um, and yeah, there it's, it is a much more collective society, even though there's no active kind of democratic process uh, there. It, it is a much more collective society as i think many asian cultures are versus this idea in the west in canada uh and the u.s especially i think of like kind of rugged individualism and if as long as i'm choosing selfishly for myself um that's that will actually um result in the the best outcome for us collectively which i which you know there's there are definitely elements of, I think, libertarianism, especially in its traditional sense, um, where it's, it's actually a left-leaning deal um, that, that are beneficial to everyone. Um, I just, I, in, in so much as I am a libertarian who is also a socialist, I just think that, um, you know, maximizing freedom is something that is uh, can be done th- by benefiting everyone, not just rugged individualism, if that makes any sense. Maximizing freedom can be done through collectivism, right? And we saw, we do it almost every day when we drive on the right side of the road or, you know, when we were all uh, wearing a mask and when we, a lot of people got vaccines, you know, like those are things that can actually maximize the freedom for the, for the greatest amount of people. So, yeah, no, I don't yes. know. That's, no, a, that's a, a ramble, but <laughs> no, that's, that's good. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying about libertarianism and thank you for sharing that about Thailand. Yes. It stops for a lot of people, unfortunately, when they read Ayn Rand, but, uh, but uh, that's where the, maybe the differences come up, but uh, uh, anyway, well, um, well, thank you very much for having me, on your show. Uh, sorry about that glitch there in the middle, but uh, no worries. I, I, I think- hope this following kind of what you're, you're wanting to accomplish on your show anyway. And um, I hope your overall goal for the show works out as well. Yeah, sure. And like, thank you so much. Um, it's fun. I mean, I mean, this is the first time someone has interviewed me on my show. Oh, okay. So uh, that's really fun. And uh, thanks for being here live. I hope there was no additional pressure uh no. and yeah if uh if your audience would like to find me they can find me on twitch and my n- name is my homie to taro um so it's kind of like my neighbor totoro except my name is danny taro and it's uh my homie to like the number two taro t-a-r-o mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i try to try my best to cover canadian uh, news and sometimes it's a lot of the time it's a uh, local Ontario or even Peterborough news so yeah drop me a follow and 
uh, I do my best to present things from a lefty perspective with the help of uh, people in, in chat and, and our community. So, Right. Well, we weren't able to get to it today, but I'll be interested in your views in the fall on our municipal election. So, yes. Yeah, I'm trying to decide whether uh, to interview a couple of people. I know uh, it's rumored that Diane Tyrion said that she would come and visit uh, my show. So hopefully okay. her. Okay, and an uncensored Diane Tyrion. That'd be really good. So yes, yes. Maybe, right. yeah, we'll, we will see. We will yeah, see. Okay. All right, Ray. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for uh, having this discussion. And uh, yeah, I'll try and get it up in a couple of days, at least for you anyway. Okay, great. All right. Thank you so much.
September, I'm for my alleys. On the Buddhist calendar, December 25 on the alley. Twenty by the sun, no one. Get tinted by the sun, no one. Twenty by the sun, no one. Get tinted by the sun, no one. What it is? Lucky numbers have me running. Addresses to addresses all over the planet. Trying to find one to call home for I vanish. Speak the same fetish, speak the same love language. Body language, mimic the same jargon. Near the universe, every time my eyes strike like a bargain. Just wanna be at home, not steal a home. Or be made to feel foreign like a Martian. Fate found us, gravity bound stardust. And we found trust, and enough to wonder lust. Need to take a stand somewhere to build a fam. One plus, one plus, one plus, one plus. It takes a village. If I'ma be a dad, then I better be the realest. Version of myself, sketch out a destiny, fulfill it. Bite off more than I can chew before the bullet. With these lucky digits, two on each side of seven. Sentient, under moon's crescent. Count our blessings by measurement. To the power of two bastards, so...